0: You're listening to the Teen Wolf, Rewolf. Julia, it's hot. It's so hot. It's so hot. It's like significantly less hot than it has
1: been, but it is humid, baby. Well, apparently we're getting the remnants of a tropical storm, Cristobal. Hope everybody's doing well if in you were Florida <laughs> in the path of that, uh, but it's just served to make things like the rainforest here.
0: The life of the Midwest is hating yourself for 8 months of the year because you live in the coldest place on earth and then but you get through it because you're like, but the summers are so wonderful. And then you get to the summer and you're like, damn, I wish it was winter again. This sucks. It's so
1: gross. I love winter, so fair. Speak for yourself. But I just like hate being hot. So anytime I get really hot in the winter, I'm just like just think about how uncomfortable you will be in three months and get through it fair you mean really cold in the winter what did i say hot
0: yep that one it's getting hot in here i had a, a shower white claw earlier
1: so my judgment so you're like... hammered <laughs> one white claw and she is down for the count i got some carbs in me so we're doing better yeah but clearly but there's great. still absolutely no laws <laughs> on this podcast you already knew
0: that because you're already here. So, <laughs> yeah, you know there's no <laughs> rules. We don't yeah. Anyway, speaking of this podcast, you're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf podcast, a podcast where we're going to talk about MTV's Teen Wolf, specifically the season finale of season 2. My name is Christian and I'm Julia. And we're getting ready to rock and roll there, eh? Oh yeah, I'm pumped. It's kind of crazy that I think our sort of corona hiatus made me think that we were farther from the finale
1: of this season than we are, but we're chugging right along. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like uh, had corona not come into our lives, we'd be well into season three three at this point. Um, So it feels a little bit like a setback, but I kind of also can't believe we're at the season two finale.
0: Yeah, I also think we probably would have taken a couple weeks break between season two and three, but maybe not nine weeks of quarantine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you only need so long to digest a podcast. You only need so
0: long to avoid coronavirus. (laughs) It's weird that things are opening up now i feel like we're not ready like me spiritually
1: i'm ready but like <laughs> i i keep seeing people posting on instagram being like i'm at a restaurant and it's taking so much of me not to be like i can't believe you're at a restaurant because like that's a normal thing to be doing right now if things are opening back up you can fully do that it's but not... i'm also like the, the virus <laughs> the virus i mean if any uh If any of our American followers saw the pictures from Memorial Day weekend of Lake of the Ozarks, Um, one, it just looks terrible, but two, all of those people are getting corona.
0: Yeah. The people are like, oh, the the virus is spiking because of the protests. Um, It was spiking because of the idiots on Memorial Day. Protests
1: are also not helping, but we're doing what we can. Yeah, and people, if you're going to protest people, uh, which we have been doing, wear a mask. Be safe. Hand sanitizer. Yes. Yeah. Bring water. Don't get dehydrated
0: because it's hot outside. Yeah. It is. (laughs) It's hot and you're wearing like protective clothing because you're protesting and it's just, yep, sweat city. Anyway. Oh my God. I know. I, 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 I'm derailing us because I know that I have to go
1: first in the recap. That's true. That's what happens when you volunteer to go first. You don't have to do it in the. Finale. But this also but you still have to do it in the next episode. Like, that's the worst part
0: about this. Is <laughs> it's like, even if we don't have to do it first this time, there's still more
1: horrors on the horizon. Yeah, I actually feel like the, opening, the season opener would be worse just because they have to introduce so much. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Um, let me get my handy-dandy timer out. Before we uh, get into that, I do want to note that uh, this episode is called Master Plan... And it was written by Jeff Davis and Andy Cohen and directed by both Tim Andrew and Russell Mulcahy. Whoa. Double whammy. Double
0: whammy <laughs> of <our laughs> some of our
1: favorite guys there, so. Yeah. Um, oh, first siren of the episode. We didn't have any last time. When we came back, Christian was like, we're going to have the most episode, the most sirens in any episode, and there were none. I don't know if you guys can hear it. It seems very far away. Well, we're counting it. I think yeah. it's okay. Okay.
0: They, they, I think they trust us and have heard enough sirens so as to not uh, have any reason to disbelieve us. True. Are you ready?
1: I, when have I ever been ready? Okay, so you're going to recap the episode in three, yeah. two, one, go. So they're at the
0: lacrosse field, and Jackson is, like, already declared dead, which is crazy. And then Melissa's like, I need to go in the ambulance with him. And the ambulance driver is like, okay, crazy lady. But, like, she's a nurse. She'd be allowed to go. And they can't find Styles And Isaac and Scott are in the locker room, and they're smelling his things to try to look for him. And Isaac gives his famous, why do I get a shoe line? And then Derek shows up with (laughs) Peter... And they have to explain to Isaac who Peter is and also tell Scott that Peter is alive, which is brand new information. And then Melissa calls him from the hospital and Jackson is in like this sack of goo, uh, a goo-coon if you will. And (laughs) Peter tells them that he's transforming into like a mega Kanima. He's like (laughs) has a Pokemon evolution. And so they need to get him. um, And then Chris shows up and is like, I'm going to help you kill Jackson because I also need to defeat Gerard because he's radicalized my daughter. And then we find out that Gerard is keeping Styles in a basement with Erica and Boyd, but then he escapes and then Chris lets them go and then into the warehouse uh scott poisons gerard because he's been taking um uh, uh, mountain ash and then they kill jackson but he turns into a a werewolf it
1: was pretty good thanks i got caught up in the minutiae a little bit you did but Koon is an excellent addition thank you (laughs) yeah
0: that was one of those things where you admire your past and you don't watch the rest of the play and then you run out of time
1: yeah oopsie doodle yeah you said something else that really made me laugh I don't remember what it's it was. It's only <laughs> because I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm so. sure. When we listen back, I'll remember.
0: Yeah. Um, are you ready? Are we, oh, yeah. Um,
1: and I'm going to give it two and three, two, one. Okay, so lights up on where we last saw everybody on the lacrosse field. Jackson is being taken away in an ambulance, and Melissa follows him to the hospital. She unzips it to find that he has been um, encased in what looks like cannabis venom. And so, uh, s- mm, oh, yeah, they're in the. Locker room. I anyway. They're in the locker room, and coach is like, "I love you guys." And then they have to go look for Styles because they can't find him. And uh, Lyndon Ashby's really sad. And then Peter shows up. Wow, new information, like you said. Um, and then Allison is just kind of generally being the worst. We find out that Styles is being held in the Argent basement with Erica and Boyd. And then um, Chris is like, "This is morally repugnant," and decides to let them go. Um, they figure out that Jackson is turning into a new creature with wings. And then um, Lydia's trying to figure out what's going on, but no one will talk to her, and she's really, really sad because she thinks that Jackson is dead. And then they all end up in a parking garage, warehouse um, and do some big fight-fight stuff, and Gerard wants to turn into a werewolf because he's dying of cancer. And um, I knew I was running out of time. I felt that yeah. But you did it mention Lydia,
0: which I didn't get to. I think the only things that we really missed were the fact that Lydia is brought in to save... Jackson to like turn him human enough to kill him, to turn him into a werewolf or whatever. And then also at the very end of the episode, it was revealed that there is an alpha pack coming to town.
1: Dun, 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 dun. It started raining again to add to our spooky atmosphere for this season finale. This is a like auditory medium, but just so you guys know, it's just so you can envision us (laughs) and just
0: sweating bullets (laughs) because it's (laughs) so humid and so hot. Um, well, good job. I think we both did better than I thought we were going to do. A
1: lot. This is jam-packed, as they say, this whole episode. And yet it flew. We had a great time watching this episode. It is so well-paced. Uh, credit to the writing, I guess? Yeah. No, and,
0: and a lot of the directing. I think we, we both noticed some like really interesting visual and stuff. But yes, yeah, season two really came, came back with a last-minute touchdown, I think. I think yes. we were getting really frustrated in these last two episodes. Of, maybe it's because we took the break and we were like allowed to start missing Teen Wolf again. But really, these last two episodes have been
1: absolutely baller. So, I've been having fun. Yeah, they're definitely like when I think back on Teen Wolf, a lot of the scenes from, let's say, the last like three or four episodes are things that come up for me. Yeah, as like fond memories. Yeah. So
0: good mems. Very. Pleasant. We'll talk about our mems when we do our season wrap up. Before we get to that, we are going to discuss this week's episode through the theme. Of deception. A quick note on deception. The one person who doesn't deceive anybody in this episode is Coach, and I just want to give him a shout out right now immediately for just loving Scott so much.
1: He loves all of them so much, which is just so pleasant to see. Um, we got a great Greenberg joke, because um, he really truly does hate Greenberg, but it was really a lovely like soft moment Um, Especially because we got a really nice dose of coach in the last episode. It was nice to have him just kind of start us all off with a little sentimental, oh, I love these guys. And
0: I also think it is important when everybody is kind of has, you know, playing the double agent in this episode, which is the case, it's really nice to just see some, like, person who, like, just cares for Scott. (laughs) And like hasn't been dragged into this like his mom hasn't like obviously she loves him but like she has been dragged into this this greater plot like coach just wants him to do good and has no idea what's going on but like I think that that probably means
1: a lot for Scott you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think Scott really appreciates the men who act as father figures in his life, and so because his own dad sucks. And do we did we meet him this season?
0: You mean in season three? We don't meet him in season two. Okay, no. that's what I thought. I think yeah. we meet him in season three. Yes, we do. So, look out for that. We'll have more <laughs> daddy issues <laughs> to discuss later. Um, um, no, but I did just want to drop a quick, like, we
1: love Coach. He just is the best. So much. He's maybe the alpha of the series. <laughs> he's, he's my favorite ancillary character by far. Yeah. Like, he is not really, re- he's recurring, I guess, but he's not part of the main cast. Anytime he shows up, I'm just like, oh yes, Coach is here yeah never unwelcome did you ever watch victorious i did not
0: oh well now i seem dumb but no i don't <laughs> victorious was great but in mm-hmm. victorious they have like this one teacher at their arts school named psychowitz and he's like the typical acting teacher like wears pajama pants and like a cardigan everywhere and is just nuts mm-hmm. coaches psychowitz love it yeah Except he also teaches economics i don't <laughs> you ever forget that coach is like kind of
1: really smart <laughs> yeah <laughs> bonkers He's kind of like... He he kind of is like Styles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an adult Styles. He is an adult Styles. Yep. Anyway, let's move on to Deception. I just
0: wanted to give Coach a shout out. Uh, Who do you want to talk about first through our theme?
1: Well, because he plays kind of a minor role um, in this particular episode, do you want to start out by talking about Chris? Because he plays into a lot of what's going on. He makes a pretty big decision. You said minor role in this episode. Yeah, I mean... I don't think it's, it's minor. I okay, mean, everybody is playing an equal role, but, like, he's not the focal point.
0: No, um, but I think he does have the biggest character shift. I think he makes the biggest moves in it, as far as his character is concerned, which I think is important. Um, I do want to talk about Chris. Chris uh, has, like, a Zuko-level um, redemption arc. A reference I now understand because I'm starting to watch Avatar. What's great. Um... He is somebody who, like, more clearly deals with the ramifications of his actions than pretty much any of our other sort of, like, coming back from the dark side characters. Like, I don't really think Allison faces as much consequence as Chris does. Peter doesn't face any consequences, (laughs) which is why he just keeps being evil, but also kind of on our side, which we like, don't get me wrong. But um, we do see Chris start to really have to handle the emotional weight of what he has been letting happen, basically. Um he understands that like part of like Gerard's like toehold on their family is at his fault because he didn't do enough to prevent any of this from happening. Um he let Gerard into their home, he watched him, you know, completely manipulate his sister. So I think we're seeing Chris make a change for good in that his the person who he deceives is Gerard. He makes a very kind of daring choice to go down and let erica and boyd out of the basement because at that moment there's not really any indication that anything is going to happen to them Mm -hmm. that night like we don't know that there's nothing to suggest that they're in immediate danger because they're mostly just being held away from the the major plot like he's he's basically taken away Derek's pawns so they don't even need to even be released to play a big game in this episode they don't but chris makes his first choice to like save the children who he knows he has part in harming because it's Allison who hurt them in the last episode. And that's when we really see that like Chris is not just doing this for his own personal gain. He's doing it because there's an actual change of heart involved. And after that, he starts to line up with Scott to help Scott take down Gerard.
1: Yeah. Chris is a phenomenal dad. I think that plays a really huge part in his whole He's experiencing a complete paradigm shift. Like his entire worldview is being warped by uh, his his own father, which is not something that's ever truly addressed. Um, how traumatizing it must have been to have Gerard as dad. But I think through clues that Allison kind of drops throughout the series is that this is really the first place, Beacon Hills being the first place that she's ever really felt like she's at home and this is the first place she's ever really had a best friend in Lydia and she loves Scott so deeply and I think he sees that that brings out really good things in his daughter and then to watch her be corrupted by uh, an evil actor which he realizes that Gerard is like I think he sees very clearly that he doesn't want that life for Allison Um, and I, he he's watching her turn into Kate. Yeah. Which I think is the big, like, push towards uh, his whole worldview shift. Yeah.
0: And I think there's a really um, kind of important part of this episode where, she, where he's, like, it's very vulnerable for her, him to admit this, like, just kind of how long he has not agreed with what's been happening in his family. But he does mention that he is, in part, like, trying to help Scott
1: to Mm -hmm. Allison
0: and she's like when have you ever cared about Scott which is hilarious because we've been talking about how it's very (laughs) clear that Chris has cared about Scott for a long time like he sees that there is good in this world for his daughter like even amongst the supernatural which he has been you know trained to hate um so it's this is like Chris's choice to betray Gerard is like long game running through this season and I think it's executed really brilliantly and again, like what by the next season, like, we're still kind of wary of him, but he is somebody who we trust, and when he keeps coming back, it's like someone you really like having on your side.
1: Yeah. And his deception is largely in the form of silence. He sabotages Allison's crossbow when he leaves her room, but he doesn't tell her what his plans for releasing Erica and Boyd are, and he doesn't tell her that he's going to help Scott. He just kind of like slips away to help bring Gerard down, which is very self like very noble. Well, I also
0: think that it's the smart, the mm-hmm. smartest thing he could have done. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was any way that he could tell Allison at that point without it getting back to Gerard. And he realized he was on his own,
1: which is very sad.
0: And to have to sort of betray your daughter to save her is, I think a really interesting dynamic.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, that's it's it's very emotional. This whole episode was like very kind of heavy.
0: It is, yeah. And it's funny for an episode where nobody dies, which is atypical of Teen Wolf, actually, especially as far as season finales go. It is it it weighs very very much. So, Um, do you want to just talk about
1: Allison pretty quickly? Yes. Um, She. This is like the pinnacle of her bad behavior. Um, I mean, it was it was excruciating in the last episode to watch her be shooting up Boyd with arrows. Um, I mean, it's just so hard to watch. And then in this one, she is cruel to her father um, when he's clearly trying to help her. And then she shows up and, like, knifes Isaac in the back and i know that this is not deception she's not really deceiving anyone at this point like she is fully out in the open like i am anti-werewolf and i'm gonna do what gerard tells me to do which is i think actually what allows her to be deceived by other people yes gerard Gerard is deceiving her oh for sure and she becomes she's like a a zealot like she she will believe and do whatever gerard asks of her and that and it blinds her to his manipulations. Yeah. I think at this point, her worldview has become so black and white that
0: she could never like, she can't even process her dad going over to the other side, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting to me. And I, going back to the whole like redemption thing, there's like this one scene in season three where she's stuck in a closet with Isaac And this is like the beginning of their sort of romance. And it's kind of awful because Isaac is expressing the fact that he doesn't like being in small spaces because of the abuse he faced in the past. Like being locked
1: in a freezer. And
0: then also expresses that he's uncomfortable being around Allison because she stabbed him last time they interacted. And then she makes some joke about it being like, oh, they weren't knives. They were Chinese ring daggers, which are knives. Um, And I am a little bit like, why does... Why, were, why why did we have to build all of this up to forgive um, Chris? But, like, there was nothing in place to make me want to, like, forgive Allison. And then you do, especially throughout season three. You definitely do, because she is actually back on the side of good. But there isn't enough that transitions her in and out of
1: it. I think that this is part of the downfall of a 12-episode season. Because if you want to contain that particular story arc to a season, I think that's much more suited to, like, a 24 are, and I am never advocating for Teen Wolf to be a 24 episode season. That is season five. <laughs> looking at you, oh, babe. <laughs> um, it's, it's bad, but I feel like because she swings from kind of one extreme to another um, and to have it all kind of fall apart it, it and be washed away at the end of this episode with everybody just kind of going back to being like, Oh, Allison's on our side. We forgive her for, you know, trying to stab and murder people. And I think that part of the challenge there is just that they had to do it in 12 episodes. And so it's, I feel like it would have been much harder to build in that redemption arc when we had just gotten her to the pinnacle of her evilness, which is what it is. She's being fucking evil. Yeah, she is. She sure is.
0: Um,. Do we kind of want to wrap up the Argent family by talking about Gerard?
1: Let's. I hate him. I hate him so much. That's not news. <laughs> I just think he's
0: such an, like, they're a villain without any class. Like, There's not even anything interesting about his villainy
1: that makes me want to like keep watching. I think that they could have made it way more interesting if... Mm, and I'm not even sure how they would have accomplished this because at the end, I think the most uh, horrific thing that he says is that he would sacrifice his own son he'd sacrifice his own granddaughter for his own survival um which is like the most abhorrent thing that you could say because up until this point we've been led to believe that he is doing all of this to get revenge for kate and then it turns out to be this like huge betrayal but we have no sense of like the relationship that gerard has with chris so we don't really know why chris would feel so betrayed by that like it just none of the pieces of his character fit together. There's no, I don't feel any emotion towards him except blind hatred. It's just like utter contempt.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And his sort of like, he and his, 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 I think his major act of deception is over Allison at this point. I think Chris is now so, uneasy around him that it it's not like he needs to get under his skin in any way to sort of like formulate his p- plan or whatever and to betray Allison is I think the thing I think it is important um in showing her just how disgusting he is and I think that really is the final thing that changes her mind I don't think it's like when Scott holds her hand, it's when she realizes that he will kill her to get what he wants and Mm -hmm. that she has been gaslit by him this
1: entire season. Um, Particularly when in the last episode she calls him, that's the first time we hear her calling him grandpa. Like mm -hmm. that's such a kind of an emotional thing. Um, And then he's basically just like, yeah, I'd let you die. Sure. Yeah. And I think there are instances, like you can look at literature dating back
0: to however of people, killing their children. But there's always a reason uh, that makes it sort of interesting or, like, a, th- a something you'd like to think about. If you think about, like, Medea, mm-hmm. you obviously don't forgive her for killing her children, but you know exactly why she did it. Like, she's driven to insanity by the betrayal of somebody else, so, like, you understand why it happens.
1: Gerard would just do it just because he sucks. That's uninteresting to me. That, I mean... And that's just what we've been saying from the jump about Gerard is that we, I, we, I love villains um, and I love complicated people who do bad things for specific reasons, not just, hmm, might as well. Well, I
0: also think that there's like, a, a, you can be like, well, Peter, what does Peter do if it's not for self gain? Peter. Peter does enough of playing both sides that makes you like, okay, that might as well happen.
1: Peter, He's a chaotic, <laughs> evil weirdo. <laughs> like, Peter also, I think, does show real moments of like human emotion and connection. Yeah. Like, I I think as much of a psychopath as he is, I do think he like loved his sister. I think he loved his family. I think he was deeply traumatized by. He like weirdly loves Malia yeah oh he loves Malia so much so it's not that Peter is like an empty shell of a human being yeah with Gerard it Gerard is just a vehicle for the writers he's just a plot device like he's not an interesting person so
0: funny that we were like first on theme but then we were like let's dunk on the Teen Wolf writers <laughs> right after we talked about how much we liked this episode <laughs>
1: Jeff Davis come on our podcast
0: Jeff Davis come on the podcast also Ornie
1: Adams the invitation still stands Um, Yeah, but in terms of deception, this is like Gerard's long game. Yeah. Um, Everything is finally revealed. We know why he wanted Jackson to be the... He wanted to control the Kanima, which was Jackson. Um, Which is not for to avenge Kate's death. It is so that he can become an alpha werewolf. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I actually think is pretty interesting. To credit the Teen Wolf writer,
0: yeah, I mean that's way more interesting than him actually avenging Kate's death because there's no reason for us to think that he would want to avenge her because, as we just discussed, he is a so sociopath. Yeah, um, so I, by turning it back to political gain, that definitely is more
1: in uh, the flavor of the character. And it's also it is also just so um, horrifically like it's such a horrific betrayal because. He made what's her name? Victoria. Is that her mom's name? Sure. <laughs> it is Victoria because you kept on having to tell me it wasn't Veronica. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, he he made Allison's mom kill herself because she was going to turn into a werewolf. But all of a sudden,
0: he gets to be a he werewolf. He gets to be a werewolf. Double
1: standards. <laughs> I hate men. Oh, the girl can't be a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like not just a werewolf, but an alpha God.
0: Also, like that actor. I'm sure that his his voice and his intonation is what gets him cast as frequently as I've seen him in things. Michael Hogan. I would not.
1: It it grates on me. <laughs> there there was one part- and I wish I would, had been taking notes on this, but there's like one particular word he draws out, um, in like a, a ash. Because that one's really bad. Mountain
0: ash. Like, Ooh. it's
1: just so gross. Again, I,
0: I, get, I get what casting
1: directors see. I just disagree. He just does... Like, in the oeuvre of Teen Wolf villains, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Like... Well, everyone else is a lot younger and hotter. <laughs> younger, hotter. But also just, like, compelling. Deucalion's backstory is so compelling.
0: Yeah. The, the, Even Jennifer's story, and I think she's sucks like it mm-hmm. is good yeah. yeah so and again we keep forgiving peter for everything i don't know <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> being the worst team but also him. he's great he yeah it's great
0: okay should we stop shitting on gerard i feel like we're i feel like we've exhausted the point it's just important you guys, to us that you, you guys know
1: that he sucks you know how we feel yeah let's do it let's talk about who do you want to talk about next god scott scott
0: plays the biggest deception of the episode yeah all right
1: so the so the Teen Wolf writers <laughs> were like
0: for a quick five seconds scott mccall is no longer the dumbest motherfucker on this planet <laughs>
1: I have so many I have so many issues with this plot device. I am just thinking about him
0: doing like switching the pills and like running this plan but then also eating a hunk of wasabi cuz he thinks it's guacamole <laughs> in season 3. I'm like this shit don't add up.
1: There are so so many things that don't add up. First of all, this is not about deception. I just like I have Okay, some issues. go ahead. I have some issues. Like how did how did Scott find a replica of the pill case? Because I feel like this is a family that fucking loves like, Allison has to, like, make her own bullet or, like, make her own arrow thing. And I feel like there are probably little boxes. Women love to collect little boxes. The women of the Argent family had to have had, like, a special little box or a special little pill box that he would have been carrying him around. So I do love little boxes. Women love little boxes. They're fun. I like putting stuff in them. Someone tweeted that the (laughs) other day. It was, like, the best advice that my dad ever gave to me was that, like, women love little boxes. We do.
0: I'm thinking about all the little boxes that are, like, around us right now. I love yes, it. Yes, to put our
1: bobby pins <laughs> in. <laughs> but but my point is that like how on earth could Scott have found an exact replica of the pill case and also that entire confrontation at the um at the sheriff station was first of all one whole villain ago. And two, yeah, cuz remember Matt uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, it like, several days ago, if not a week, there's not enough pills in there. Like, he's clearly popping more than one a day. How was Scott continuously getting them to him? You know, it's a weird thing about cancer
0: in television shows and movies. Is the people who secretly have cancer always do like a handful of pills as if they're not supposed to be taking like chemo, a radiation. designated amount yeah. of pills to go with their chemo and radiation? Yeah, yeah. Weird. And they're all the same pill. That's what's weird. Yeah, he'd be taking a, a shitload slew. of stuff. Yeah, yes. um, Some Percocet. But okay, let's let's give Scott like the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> like let's say like this is in character let's or something. Let's our belief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, um, this is kind of great. I love that Scott still gets to be the hero at the end of the season where you think
1: that he might not be able to. And he pulls it off without Styles' help, as far as we know. Yes. Um, and, like, he did it all by himself. Oh my God, good boy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm very proud of him. Um, especially because we've seen him rely so heavily, not just on Styles, but on Allison. Um, you know, and and to a certain extent, Chris and Derek. Um, so the fact that Scott was able to like figure this out himself, um, and that he figured out Gerard's master plan, that is very interesting to me. That is too. Um, but I think there are seeds. And
0: I also think that at this point, like going back to our, like our theme of deception, Scott has been betrayed by so many people in so many various ways. At this point, there really is no trust. And I think he knew that there was no other way to accomplish this without keeping his cards right to his chest. Like nobody was allowed in. Even Styles. like, you know, you saw Styles was kidnapped by Gerard. What if he had tortured him to get that information out of him? Like, I think it was really in Scott's best interest to keep it a secret. But I, I, if we want to talk about like, we do understand how he reaches that conclusion. Like Deaton tells us in the episode previous that werewolves can smell when something is dying.
1: Oh, I thought that linking that was beautifully done. Yeah. So smart. Um, I love it when they drop breadcrumbs or lore and then it comes into play later. And then Isaac is the one who's like, Oh, he's dying because Isaac learned from Scott. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And the fact that he collaborated with Deaton on it, like he was the only other person. um, I mean, it was just so smart all around. I know. Um, Which is
0: good for the writers and bad for the
1: character, (laughs) like, again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it also leads us to kind of like the biggest statement made in this episode, which we've known all along, but it, it just adds to like the whole true alphaness of it all where Derek is so hurt. He's so hurt that Scott did not tell him what he was doing. And Scott tells him, well, you're an alpha, but you're not my alpha. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real moment of reckoning for Derek actually. Um, Yeah. Well, I think the thing about Derek is like,
0: that is a moment where he has to realize that it doesn't matter how qualified he is to be an alpha. He is too broken to lead people who need a a leader. Mm -hmm. And Scott would rather keep his friends in the dark and protect them than bring in Peter, than bring in, you know, baby werewolves to try to flesh out his pack for, like, personal gain. Like, I I, I think Scott thinks so much more, like, strategically than Derek ever could because Derek is, like, constantly playing, like, weird, like, emotional defense. And then that ends up being projected into
1: the way that he conducts his werewolf business. Yeah, I mean, I think Scott is forced to think the way that he does because he feels such a responsibility to all the people around him. Like, he needs to think strategically to protect his friends. Um, (laughs) Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Man. But do you actually, actually, what this reminds me of And I know that we're saying that Scott is dumb and he is. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this really reminds me of in the first Harry Potter book when it turns out that Ron is just like a phenomenal chess player and he's able to like play on the big chess board and win. Ron is not a smart... No, he dumb. Young man. He's I mean, Harry is also dumb. <laughs> Both of them
0: boys. The, the linking factor between Harry Potter and Dean Wolf is that it's just one oblivious main character with, like, an
1: obscene amount of power who just, like, barrels their way through. True. But, like, I feel like you can be dumb and good at strategy at the same time. Like, the, the skill sets are different. Yeah. Like, I... I was about to say I'm incredibly smart. Are you? So I've never heard that before. (laughs) Um, no, I would consider myself to be, well, uh, more intelligent than Scott McCall. Okay. uh, That's all right. A low bar. Um,
0: (laughs) pushing it, Julia.
1: (laughs) But like, I hate playing risk. Like I hate playing strategy games. They are boring to me. Um, I don't like trying to figure them out. I don't like puzzles. Like, there are certain people who are really good at that kind of thinking, so maybe it's not as preposterous, but it's still pretty preposterous.
0: Yeah, or maybe he's been deceiving us this whole time. But again, he does eat a giant hunk of wasabi in the next season, <laughs> maybe thinking it's guacamole. Just acting like a dumb dumb. Maybe, um, but yeah, I mean that I think is the the, the biggest twist in this episode, and I, I think it brings this season to a really good close because I think this season is based on you know miscommunication and holding it for withholding information like to suit your own agenda and to have that be how it ends is, is um, I think really smart.
1: And it also kind of um, flips season one on its head a little bit where uh, Scott has all the knowledge versus other people who like know way more than he does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, in the end of season two, he is the one holding all the cards.
0: Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. We see
1: him rising to the occasion of his power. Nice. As, <laughs> as all people with power should do. Yep. Rise to your max
0: potential. Yep. Um, that was kind of, I feel like, our big one, but we still have other people to discuss. I would like to discuss Derek and his deception of the baby wolves.
1: Uh, yeah. it's Again, it's, like, dropped into the last, like, five seconds of this episode well not like the last minute that an alpha pack is coming to town and Derek knew about it and that's why he was trying to build his pack uh Gerard coming in was just kind of like a bump in the road this was the the thing he was preparing for all along which uh, I mean we've talked about scumbag Derek all season yeah what a trash heap yeah, that just like that doesn't help us um, feel sympathetic towards him at all, which is something I think you'd want after this particular final battle. I also would like to say that this is
0: lazy. It sure is. <laughs> they really just shoehorned this in at the end. I would love if they're like obviously we heard like Blair Boyd and Erica, I was about to say Blairica. <laughs> Boyd and Erica like hear the wolves in the woods. Um, which is potentially... Potentially them, if not Mm Argent technology. Um, why are the Argents like the Starks, man? (laughs) Anyway, um, they are arms
1: dealers.
0: (laughs) So. So. Yeah, I, um, I, they kind of, like, give us a little, just a crumb in this middle of the season, but I... I wish that the, that Derek had been hinting that, like, the storm was going to be bigger than just hunters, you know? Whereas the season starts being like, it's about the hunters and the herd of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that, like, obviously they were planning for whatever season three was, um, but not in the way that is clear, like, that the arc can clearly carry over.
1: I almost wish... Hmm. Because there is a particularly effective scene when, uh, like, Chris has let Erica and Boyd go, and we flash to them in the woods, and suddenly they are surrounded by other werewolves. And we don't see the glowing eyes, so we don't know that they're all werewolves, all alphas. But that could have been added, I think. Like, if they had added the eyes, and we had seen, oh, oh, fuck, like, that's so many alphas. And then there had been, like, a shot of Peter and Derek kind of staring at the symbol of the alpha pack on the door mm-hmm. and Peter just being like, Oh shit. Or like, when were you going to tell me we don't need as much information as they give us because, because we just don't, you don't need to <laughs> they, give us that they, much. They, they <laughs> do
0: too much they, uh, it, it, to try to save the fact that they didn't introduce it earlier. They tell us instead of show us. And that's what I find
1: frustrating. That is where Teen Wolf fails. When Teen Wolf starts to fail, it is because they are telling and not showing. Yes. Um, but back to back on theme, uh, <laughs> as we are often
0: neglectful to talk about, Derek. I mean, we know that he has made so many false promises to these kids, mm-hmm. children. They're babies.
1: I was so small when I was sixteen. Erica was fifteen when she got bit. She says yeah. that
0: she only turned sixteen like this month. That's Aww, crazy, honey.
1: Yeah, they're children. They are babes. They just happen to be played by, like, 30-year-old adults. <laughs> that's that's what gets me on teen shows, is that I know that man is 30. Yeah. I know the brother on Hannah Montana was 30. Yo, Chad Michael Murray has been
0: <laughs> 45 for, like, the last t- 20 years. It's true. Um, I love you, Chad. But, yeah, it's, I think... I think it's annoying to try to, to shove that in the en- shove this in the end of the episode, but it also is very kind of like it- congruent with what Derek has done to these kids. He deceives them in a big way. He has n- he at the bare minimum tells them that they're in danger and barely lets them know that this is going to be what it is. Um, and that frustrates me. And you're right; it's all just scumbag Derek. What a scumbag! <laughs>
1: I think we, the only reason why we might need that is to further push Isaac towards Scott. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, we love the Scott Isaac dynamic. Yes. love it. But um, the descent, well, it also just fe- it feels like an afterthought. It feels like they could have been dropping more hints in the season um and I might be wrong but I feel like at one point Derek is like it's not just hunters out there or something or like it's not just other werewolves like he was kind of hinting that the Argents are not the only problem but I think it reads like he's talking about the Kanima it's very weird I agree I don't
0: like it no he sucks Peter actually does the least amount of deceiving in this
1: episode next to Coach, and uh, <laughs> that is crazy out of character as well. I would, I will say that I appreciate the consistency of the fact that like Peter can't really fight right now because he's newly raised from the dead, uh, so he just stays kind of hidden during the final fight until Jackson has been taken down mm-hmm. and he's able to swoop in and take credit like a man. Um, Ugh. Truly. Yeah. I, but that is where Peter succeeds in villainy. Like it's not strength. Oh, it's,
0: Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. I wish, I feel like Peter isn't as a big part of the like no season as he should be, because I think that that would be the no like (laughs) ultimate rival is Peter.
1: Yeah, the narcissism involved in both of them. They were just tricksters. They are both tricksters. Yeah. Um, And
0: Peter really just comes in clutch of being the man who repeats your point, but louder in class.
1: True. I do... um, I love that we saw a return of uh, Peter's laptop. Mm -hmm. It's just like... People are yelling out our window. They must have opinions on Tane Wolf. People... Guys, this morning we woke up at 7 a.m. to people jackhammering on our street. The entire building was shaking. I was about to start protesting for
0: a totally <laughs> different reason.
1: It was awful. It was
0: really horrendous. Um, but yeah, I, 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 um, I also wonder if Derek has kept from Peter that the Alpha Pack is coming. Because it kind of seems like Peter seeing the symbol on the door is the first time Peter is aware of this. But that I mean, Peter knows what the symbol means. So, but uh, Peter can know what the symbol means and not know that they're here, like in town. Yeah, but I we're here. We're alphas, and we are new in
1: town. Think about the fact that Peter was the alpha for a while. I feel like he must have known. I feel like in his head, um, Peter's got a really big (laughs) head. Peter's got a really big murder board in his head. Yeah. Um, trying to connect all the pieces i'm sure that had his throat not been slashed at the end of the season he might have known he In might house. have well and also because we know that talia and deucalion interacted so peter would know mm-hmm. okay i'll give you that
0: one should we move into styles and his dad and lydia to end up our dis- end our discussions on deception because Styles kind of plays the more emotional deceptions in this episode. he's a big fat liar, but he does it to protect his dad. Everybody is trying to protect somebody in this episode. Yeah. I think um, um, but Styles lies to his dad about where he gets the bruises because if his dad just thinks it's you know teenage idiots who jumped him in a parking lot, he won't be go out looking for somebody to you know, arrest or some Mm -hmm. like to try to seek vengeance in any way, because if he did, he might stumble upon in some way what happens at the warehouse. And there's no telling that he could have been safe there.
1: Yeah. Well, I also think that part of that is because Stiles, if Stiles told his dad, the truth, he'd have to tell him why Gerard kidnapped him. And like, that is a slippery slope to telling the sheriff about literally everything else. And I think Stiles has seen the way that Mama McCall reacted initially and doesn't want to go through that with his dad. And also there's that fierce protectiveness of his dad where he's already lost one parent. He could not handle the pain of losing another one.
0: Well I also think Styles has in this season seen what his how his dad reacts to getting things wrong or having missed things in a case because his dad is like really uh, impacted by his work and like his um, duty to protect people. Wow, I wish all police were like that. Oh, my fucking God. Anyway. Um, a cab people. ACAB. A-cab. <laughs> um, and I think he knows that if he found out that there was so much he couldn't do, it would be really... It would really weigh on him. And it does. We see in the next season when he's, he finally finds out he brings out all of his old case files and, like, sees what he missed. Yeah. Um. So he's not only protecting his dad physically, it's also emotionally. And he also... Deceives Lydia.
1: By telling her the same lie that he told his dad. Yep. And, and refusing to answer her questions about what's going on. Because she knows something's wrong. Yeah. With Jackson. Um. He doesn't even really tell her anything until he realizes that he's going to need her. Yeah. Ew. This isn't... Mm, doesn't really fall into deception but i think that he's incredibly vulnerable with lydia being in his room um because she's kind of learning uh, or understanding better exactly how he feels about her Because i think we've talked before about how there's no way that lydia wouldn't know that styles is like completely in love with her mm-hmm. but i think this is the first episode where she truly understands like the depth of that and what it means to him like, yeah. what she means to him. Because I think maybe in her mind it's just, like, a superficial attraction. But there's no hiding it in that particular scene.
0: Yeah, I also think... Um, is that the first girl that's ever sat on his bed?
1: Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Almost certainly. <laughs> and that
0: would be big and, and weird. And especially in that moment where you have so much other stuff going on. But yeah, Stiles' Styles acts of deception are, are definitely in... Um. Uh, um a much more melancholic vein. Like it's he's, he doesn't actually have a major point in the, in the big battle, except for hitting Jackson with the Jeep. Um, he's, he, he is doing that in,
1: in a way to try to keep the people he loves as safe as possible. Well, and we were talking about that, I think in the last episode or one of the episodes this season where styles is talking about, he can't do the things that Scott does and he feels really powerless and I think that he's kind of falling into the the depression that that brings, that he can't – there are parts of Scott's life that he's not – that he can't fully understand anymore. He can't fully be helpful anymore. Um, and he must just feel so beat. He's also literally been, like, physically beaten. Yeah, by old man strength. <laughs> Embarrassing?
0: <laughs> um, no, they say, like, you could never fight your dad because your dad has old man strength. Yeah, it, it's just – I don't remember where that came from, but I feel like that's a common iterated fact of, like, you couldn't do it. It's sad all around. It is sad. It is. Is there a happy note we can end on? Who was
1: deceived for good? (laughs) Nobody. Well, because if you deceive someone for good, it's, like, a surprise birthday party it's not yeah. like i don't want you to die I think, That's well still i do sad. think styles did deceive them for good no you're right um
0: mm-hmm. uh, but i think that kind of wraps up our, our uh top our conversation on deception do you want to move into q's and o's mm, yeah do you have questions i'm not 100 sure that i do um okay why isn't derek paralyzed when jackson like puts
1: him up on his pike of claws <laughs> literally nobody gets like touched by Jackson is paralyzed nobody is that just what happens in his Pokemon evolution into the big Canema? possibly like if you are the big canima, you don't need the venom anymore but that just seems deeply inconsistent and he's also like covered in goo at the beginning of this episode so it doesn't make any sense yeah he's covered in the
0: venom or it's maybe grubby. he extruded all of the venom in his cocoon oh maybe that's how you transform
1: mm-hmm. teen wolf writers we have questions give us the book now come on just come and Show talk Bible, to us please yes come on
0: Um, Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Also, um, why is Scott so quick to forgive Allison? The second they see, like, Lydia and Jackson's beautiful, like, I I still love you scene, which I have always loved forever. Yes. uh, They, like, hold hands as if it has anything to do
1: with them. It is... Well, okay. To be fair, I do think watching Jackson and Lydia have that interaction reminds them how much they love each other. And also, Jackson... This is not the same because Allison is fully lucid and in charge of her actions. But Jackson has also, like, killed people and caused destruction and pain. And not just physically, but he's also really hurt Lydia as well, emotionally. So, um... I... (laughs) It probably just makes Allison and Scott remember that they love each other and why, and that you can forgive. And I mean, when you're oh, sixteen, boring. when you're sixteen, everything seems like the end of the world until it's not. Um, I certainly think attempted murder should be taken a little bit more seriously, but that's just me. But what are they gonna say? Um, she
0: tried to murder them because they're werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that just didn't make sense. I do love that scene between Jackson and Lydia. I do. And I going back to what we said last week about like how all of the ships and Teen Wolf are the ships you should be shipping. They're all right. They're all right. Like Lydia and Jackson were at this point, like perfect for each other. And obviously you move on and grow and you go get to be like an American werewolf in London or whatever Jackson does. <laughs> um, uh, but that scene is like it's just so good. And when he's like rising from the dead and like the lights from Styles' Jeeps are on him and you can see like the fog from nowhere i don't know but it's gorgeous it's gorgeous it's very highlander also helps that colton haynes
1: is beautiful magnificent physique gorgeous yes um comrade colton he's been out protesting too he he has good for him he is all for all for it yes um i don't really i feel like if i had questions those would have been my questions um my last one is actually just why is allison such a big fat baby she's like you still owe me a cross but you're (laughs) Seventeen. <laughs> I feel like it is just such a trope when actors don't want you to like women. That actors, when writers don't want you to like women, they. I was about <laughs> to be like, "Don't you dare blame Crystal <laughs> Reed!" <laughs> no, no, no. That I would never. Um, but I think when writers don't want you to like women, I think that they often revert to like infantilizing, infantilizing them. Infantilizing them, and I also think that okay, when I think about like Paris Hilton one of the reasons why like I can't stand her is because Paris Hilton behaves like a child. Um, and it's just like one of the things that people find abhorrent about a certain, a certain female Mm -hmm. person. Um, it's gross. It is. It's yucky. It's so gross. Men stop. That's just
0: like a blanket (laughs) at men. Stop, please. (laughs) Please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That wraps up my questions. I didn't really have a lot because I think when you have a finale, it's like the sort of wrap up, like everything at that point should be explained. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Do you have any O's you'd like to share? Oh my God, so many. Yeah, I'm looking at your notes. Yeah. Uh, Well, a lot of these are just um, stuff I wanted to bring up kind of when we were talking about the theme. But um, I think that this is the last appearance possibly of the four-legged running. (gasps) And, really and it was so it was very there was a backflip ah uh, <laughs> classic Teen Wolf because previously when you see the four-legged running they're kind of like in the woods crashing through trees making a lot of noise it's kind of dark but like full-on Derek is backlit running through an empty parking lot and it's just so absurd it's so absurd and I don't know if it's just because Tyler Hecklin's legs are really long and he's got a short I don't know torso. if that was him doing it. Maybe not. Who whoever was doing the horse You ever you ever running. see those horse girls
0: like, not horse girls like no, me. I, know I what mean, you're like the horse about. girls who like do horse jumping. Yes, that's you've what it that looks like. Me. Yeah. Oh, okay. You've shown that <laughs> to me. Um, it's, because that would only you would have to be a horse girl to see those horse <laughs> girls. So that's how you make it there. But
1: it's legitimately terrible. It's yeah. like. It, and it goes on for so long. it And it's maybe like three or four seconds, but in, that is too in long. In part, the reason this
0: episode feels like it sales is because there's so many fight scenes, so there's like not as much content as there should be.
1: Yeah. Um, I, it's just, it's so out of place because it's so funny and they're not trying to be funny in that moment. I
0: know. Okay, wait. So do, do you um, remember in Twilight, the first Twilight movie, when... This is important because I'm, I'm praising it for something that's actually good. Mm-hmm. In the first Twilight movie, when the when like the like James, Victoria, and Laurent are turning around to go to the baseball game, and like Alice sees them in her vision, mm-hmm. they're walk. It looks like they're walking kind of slowly, but they're like booking it because they're like on a treadmill in the woods, so they're moving so much faster, and it like looks like kind of intimidating and it's like in slow motion and it's like you can show somebody like moving at like light speed or whatever in a way that is like really interesting and like that it's like right after the baseball scene which is like the best scene in twilight and then i look at teen wolf wolf running and i'm like just make them have super speed just make them have super speed
1: Because people just do that. People do that. You know, like, it's been done in movies. Yeah. It's been
0: Like, Twilight was just the example I thought of. We could pull it from anything. Well, no, but, like, the
1: vampires in Buffy have super speed. Like, it's so, it's so absurd looking. And for a show that, like, is not that absurd. Siren, That'd be siren number three, folks. (laughs) If you're counting along at home, I know I'm taking a a tally here. Um adding that to the official record yeah it just looks cuckoo banana bread like let's just leave it at that the running is dumb it's so awful um I really really love the trope of uh when oh this is a serious siren it's
0: coming down our street this Uh, time oh okay that's how we know it's from the fire department you're doing a great job we love firefighters and firefighters only firefighters and EMTs that's true but again fuck the police (laughs) Is oh, my it, God, we it's get it. it.
1: <laughs> there's, like, there's, like, an intersection. siren means business. <laughs> it's making up for the lack of sirens in the last episode. There's, like, an intersection at the end of our street that's really close to our apartment, so I guess it, like, had to wait there to make a whole <laughs>
0: turn. <laughs> the one thing about living so close to the fire department is that, but the other thing
1: is, is, like, if our building catches fire, I really feel like we're good. I feel safe. I don't even feel like I need to evacuate. Like... <laughs> We should evacuate. We live on the third floor. It's true, but I feel like we'd have more time to like collect valuables. Um, oh, you cannot think of that way. No, I'd be throwing just, my okay. I'd be throwing my books out the window is what I'd be doing. Okay. Um, I, mean, I didn't think that
0: we personally would be good. I think that they would put out the fire quickly.
1: Yeah. Um so anyway, I love the trope of when like a new character is introduced and they have to be explained to another character and not that Peter is a new character, but Isaac's never met him. So they're like in, uh, the locker room and Isaac's like, Oh, who's that guy? And Scott's like, well, he tried to kill us all last year and then we slashed his throat. And now I guess he's alive again. (laughs) And, which is great because I would Ray rather them have Scott explain it to
0: Isaac in three seconds than one, trying to explain it in like a serious way to Isaac or be not explaining it. Like they picked the good option and that's for like a moment of levity. They sure did. Yeah. Um, that's Isaac. That's one of my favorite Isaac looks where he's wearing that like shirt hoodie
1: mm-hmm. with a gray oh, shirt. It's, it's good. Yeah, I know. I would be remiss if I did not bring up Riverdale, but the reason that I Ugh. Love- The reason that I noticed that line in particular was because uh, one of the episodes that I watched yesterday, I'm catching up on season four, if anyone wants to talk about it on Twitter. Um, But like all of the characters go see a guidance counselor and they basically have to like recap everything that's happened to them in the last, uh, however long Riverdale has been going on. And it's just, um, I think one of the reasons why this particular season is really succeeding because uh, they have a moment to acknowledge how fucking crazy everything is and then just be like yeah that's me as a person let's move on like I think that that's so effective and really funny um and allows for a moment of levity in like in Riverdale it's not fun at all um in Teen Wolf there's very little fun stuff in this particular episode so that's why I noticed it um, I'll just take your word on that because I'm not watching Riverdale. person has like a vendetta against it's bad. Riverdale. It's bad.
0: It's bad. Um, I'm not. So I demand reason. only. I demand only the best worst from my teen television, not the worst worst.
1: Um, do you have some observations? I do. I
0: do. Um, I. got The relationship between Harris and Styles is the best. <gasps> it's so lovely. Like. When he's when he says he's gonna go pistol whip those little bastards, one that line was gift maybe a million times when this
1: episode aired. Also, love the specificity of pistol whipping. Yeah, <laughs> it's also like I don't support police brutality, obviously,
0: or propaganda. But but that is your son. Mm-hmm. Um, I just their relationship was oh we're just really good, Stydia. I feel Mm -hmm. like we'd lost track of some of the Cydia in this season because we were worried so much about the other characters of, you know, the Allison and Scott relationship Um and just have Styles and Lydia have that moment in his room where he offers her toilet paper because he doesn't have tissues, but there are (laughs) tissues behind
1: him and we could all see them. So, but those are also the tissues that he uses to masturbate. So he's being nice. (laughs) That's probably true, (laughs) but I'm definitely
0: sure the Teen Wolf set directors, like set designers, didn't think about that. That's just you being
1: like, I've met teenage (laughs) boys before. To go back and look if there's like a bottle of lotion next to it. <laughs> you really got yourself
0: with that one. I did. I did. Um no I know I just love Saz and Lydia. I love that he bought her so many birthday presents.
1: Including a flat screen TV TV.
0: in a time where you had to specify whether or not your TV was flat, because it was
1: 2012. (laughs) Um, It was very emotional, and when he was talking about what happens when people die, it's not that the people die, it's that people get left behind.
0: Yeah, because that's so from the heart, because of his
1: mom, and he was just like... I think from really any other character that would have been like really preachy, but because you know that it's coming yeah. from Styles' own personal experience, and especially so after we've just seen him, his dad say that he's gonna pistol whip some
0: kids, like just some <laughs> teenagers, and he's like, and he points to his face, and he's like, "Do you think this was meant to hurt me?" Like, no, of course I wasn't. Yeah, it was meant so to hurt smart. Everybody else, oh, um, uh, the Teen Wolf theme played at, during the fight, which was yes. like lit. I love hearing my
1: ringtone. I literally <laughs> checked my phone when it happened. Every once in a while, when Christian's phone is not on silent, it will go off, and I have a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: okay, two more obs. Um One, they keep referring to Allison as, like, a prize for this, and I'm gross. like... Gross. It's so gross, and I think that, like... I think that that is coming from Gerard. Like, I think Gerard is the one who's like, she's a prize.
1: Like, she can be your prize, Scott, because he doesn't understand that Scott's, like, women are people. (laughs) I think he miscalculates what Scott feels for Allison.
0: Yeah. I also think he miscalculates how Scott feels about, like, other humans and women. Like,
1: And also Derek, because he's, like, gonna kill Derek, and Scott's like, I'm not about to let that happen. Yeah. Because he loves Derek. He does. Scott loves everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, like, he keeps, like, he's, like, the
0: ultimate prize at Allison. But Scott's, like, you can't win, people. <laughs> That's not <laughs> how this works. That's so, like, outdated mm-hmm. and weird. And my last observation is, like, there's a very interesting sort of, especially we were talking about the locker room scene with Isaac and, and uh, Peter and Derek and Scott. But this happens a lot with Scott and um, Isaac. And I think, in part, it is because Daniel Sharman is – about five inches taller than the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. He always ends up behind Scott and he always ends up making himself a lot smaller to sort of fit in Scott's space in both a protective stance, but also in a stance where he is being protected. And I think that physicality like really strengthens the idea that like Isaac is in Scott's pack right now. Um, And I just, I think, I don't, I don't know if it's direction. I don't know if it is just because Daniel Sharman is a, all get in
1: frame buddy
0: yeah but i think it 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 occurs so much between the two of them i just think it's a really interesting physical dynamic so i wanted to point it
1: out i would i would agree um i have one more oh but i think i'm gonna save it for us talking about the whole season okay um do we want to do our
0: wolf of the week and our uh pack stats now and then move into our season talk sure
1: um oh i want to say gorgeous cinematography. On this whole thing, of course. This beautiful. whole this whole episode is beautiful. Yeah. Um, Christian, who is your wolf of the week? Do you I want to pack stats first? Oh, yeah, I guess. Um, okay, so we had ten eyes. This might be a little low. Um, I was trying to count during the final battle, but uh, once the eyes activate, um, <laughs> if anyone else <laughs> is counting along with the pack stats, you have too much time on your hands, and please don't correct us. <laughs> <laughs> um, four claws. Mm. Some cannabis claws, some werewolf claws, um, two shirts. I think they're both Jackson. Yeah, this is not. So this maybe would just be a on. weird. Uh,
0: well. Three, if you count the flashback between him and Lydia, but that's also still Jackson. Okay, so or we're like she's wearing a tank top that doesn't cover her bra. And it's like if she
1: was just in a bra, I'd actually feel less <laughs> weird about this. So one person was shirtless, shirtless in three instances. instances yeah, um, we had one ad, Macy's. Again, this would be a weird episode for there to be a lot of ads. Um, and Chris brings his car, and I think this is like the first time we don't get like a close up on the car logo. But we know it's a Chevy. We know it's a Chevy. Um, and then finally. There have been three sirens so far during this episode. Yeah, who's to say how it will end? Do you want to give your uh, Wolf of the Week? Your Alpha of the Week? No. I would... My Alpha of the Week is Lydia. Cool. Yeah, I mean, she definitely is the. Because I, I think that. Uh, Scott is great. He did an awesome job. I'm so proud of him, but also their ass would be grass. If Lydia had not turned Jackson back into uh, a werewolf by loving him. So I love when the answer is love. The answer should always be love. Love is infinite. We can make as much of it as we need twitches. (laughs) Oh man. I love twitches. Um,
0: yeah, I love, I love when the answer is love. Mm Hmm.
1: Who's your alpha of the week?
0: I've been thinking about it. Yeah, you're rubbing your chin. I can tell. No, I just have a zit. Do tell. My alpha of the week is Chris. I think it takes so much strength to betray, like, the people who have, you know, kept you safe. Um, And to betray your child in their best interest is is a crazy thing to do and i think it took an exceptional amount of strength from chris and i think he has such a good redemption arc that we're about to see in season three that i think it should be chris
1: yeah he gave up his whole worldview he did because he got new information and he
0: learned as we all should yes as everyone should be doing and should have been doing but especially right now (laughs) ding ding (laughs) um should we talk about the season as a whole Oh my gosh! Not a not somewhat
1: siren, but someone with
0: a huge penis. <laughs> Some <laughs> I, I learning that you had to get your car um, like specially made. made to make that noise mm-hmm. was like, wow, men are just so sad.
1: <laughs> just like put a fucking muffler on That's your car. It's not
0: hard. Pathetic. Anyway, yeah. um, been a lot of dick jokes on this episode. <laughs> We're feeling it. It's the end of season two. It's hot out. We're,
1: in, you know, stuck inside. I had a white claw. Uh, oh, singular <laughs> white claw. <laughs> um, but yeah, because this is a season finale, we're going to wrap up the season for you guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a little bit like how we do
0: our bonus episodes. Our first question is what works about this season, Julia?
1: I really like that. There are two villains. Um, I love misdirection. Um, I think that Matt is just, like, a shitty villain, but I liked the concept of it. They had to have two
0: shitty villains to make up for the fact that there
1: wasn't just one good one. Yes. Um, I thought a lot of the cinematography in this whole season, I thought everything was really well shot. Um, To the point where there were, like, several episodes where we commented on it, specifically the pool episode, Lydia's party, um, the last one, and this one. Mm Mm-hmm. I think are really beautifully shot. Russell Mulcahy just comes in and he like slam dunks. Um, yeah. I think that that really works. I think the cast is really comfortable with one another and that shows. Um, yeah. I think the first season is very, they, they're they all so much even physically older
0: and it's just by a year or so when they mm-hmm. filmed this. Um, but they're all have fallen right into like where their roles are. They're, you know, when Tyler Posey and Dylan Bryan were cast, they were, 19 yeah these were like young guys um and it's funny because we can sit here and be like why do they cast 25 year olds as high schoolers it's because more often than not high schoolers are not equipped to be playing high schoolers mm-hmm. like that challenge is really hard even for the best high school actors to live up to um so they were so young flying to the see their pants everyone was just kind of running around with their hair on fire and it does feel like everybody sat so comfortably back on their heels to do this uh
1: to do this season I, yeah, I would agree. Um, and particularly with the addition of so many cast members um, who are there for a lot of it, because I feel like it's just the core four, mm-hmm. five, in the first season, and then you add Erica and Boyd, you add quite a lot more Derek. Yeah, so I think that it all it all really works. Those are the things that come to mind for me first. Um, the music is banging, as always, but that's just MTV, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, I think Daniel Sharma went to RADA? Interesting. Or maybe Lambda.
0: One of the... I think he did actually go to the one of the big British acting schools. I'm not sure. Maybe I just made that up because I like him. Well, why don't you talk about what you think worked, and I'll look it up. Well, I think this season um, works in the way... I think there's a, a, a way more difficult balance between like their high schoolers, but this is life and death in the first season. Like the fact that like Scott's biggest concern is like changing into a werewolf at the big game. in the first season is like, it just doesn't feel like there's enough weight there. And this is very much a, like I have been given responsibility that I'm ill equipped to handle, but have no choice, but to take. Um, so I think the sort of management of like emotion and plot line is, is better in this season. Um, Even though there was episodes that we didn't even particularly like, I was excited to talk about season two and then had fun talking about season two throughout the entirety of it. I think the Kanima is like a really visually interesting villain. And I wish almost that the Kanima didn't have a controller because I would much rather it have just been a one actor. Like I'm going to disagree with you when I say that I don't like two villains in this particular case. I wish it would either just been Gerard controlling the Kanima or the Kanama had not been controlled by anybody. Cause I don't really know if Matt served a purpose. Why am I talking about shit? I didn't like, this is what things I <laughs> did like things I did. Like, um, I, uh, I think that there was a stronger sort of sense of every character in this season. Like, I think there's a sort of styles moment in every episode where it's like just Styles saying something funny, doing something funny, mm-hmm. whatever. There's like a Scott moment in every episode where he is heroic or like charming or something. Um, I think that was more fleshed out. And I think the biggest kind of rock solid thing about this season is how well it carries on from season one. Because I think we're about to experience a big disconnect between season two and season three. Mm-hmm. The budget changed. They shift location. The characters look different. The you know, the scope of Teen Wolf gets a lot bigger. The
1: production value goes up. Yeah. By so much. Yeah.
0: The first two seasons are very much interconnected and they are able to hold on such a strong through line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did go to Lambda. He did go to Lambda. Okay. Yeah. He did. Uh, yeah. I, I would agree with you on, on a lot of that. I, the thing about that, I was talking before about like having, um, a 24 episode, arc like a lot of tv shows um maybe a two villain would work better in that scenario which is why season five fails but um i i I liked the misdirection of matt i don't particularly think the execution of it worked out very well and i didn't find his story super compelling um but i i appreciated that we knew gerard was evil from the jump but it like took a while to get to his his master plan if Mm you will i liked that um but yeah That's I love Teen Wolf. (laughs) I just love Teen Wolf. Wolf. It's funny. Maybe I should start a podcast. What an idea. What a concept. Brilliant.
0: Yeah. Um, but season two is good. You know, it, I I even think as much as we shit on the writers, I think the writers came into the sort of Teen Wolf
1: universe in season two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's very interesting to watch the progression through the end of season three because four is fine, and then five it just goes completely off the rails. Like Whoa. I think there's a very logical progression of understanding what kind of show they're making, understanding what kind of actors they're working with, from three from one into three. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate seeing that evolution. Yeah, I think what's so important about six is that it went back to the formula it's re- of return to one. form. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we were talking about interesting villains, like. You have the Dread Doctors, who kind of have a backstory, but are just annoying. <laughs> they're just Mostly, <laughs> like, at least the Dread Doctors have,
0: like, aesthetic.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're steampunk. But, like, the ghost cowboys don't really speak ever. You don't really know. They, they don't have, like, a personal agenda. But they're so interesting. They're so good. They're so interesting. Maybe it's because they don't talk. Maybe it's because they only last for
0: one season, and their plot line is good. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, burn! burn. <laughs> um, do you want to wa- do you want to talk about what doesn't really work in this season?
1: Sure. I I mean, go for it. I feel like we've talked about a lot. I think sometimes the writing can be really lazy. We've complained a lot about being told and not shown what's going on. Um, certain characters do things that are really out of character. I know we were just talking about um, how people are kind of settling in, but um, you know, there's still, there's still room to play. Like again, they did not have a normal full 22, 24 episode season to begin with. So like, they're still trying certain things out Um like a lot of what melissa mccall says when she finds out that scott is a werewolf like it's just so weird and then the fact that everybody just forgives allison um you know i mm. who was it who's
0: like i didn't have time to write a short letter so i wrote a long one
1: i don't know that sounds very familiar but i I'm think sure it's
0: oscar wilde but i'm not giving anybody that credit. sounds
1: very much like oscar wilde yeah
0: I think when you look at prestige drama, so stuff you're seeing on, you know, HBO and whatever, those seasons are almost always only about thirteen episodes long, like Teen
1: Wolf. It depends. I feel like I feel like what's a, now what's a Game of Thrones season? Very short, but also the budget on that is astronomical. Okay,
0: but a season of Mad Men was only twelve episodes.
1: Was it? I always thought it was kind of no longer. Every prestige
0: drama will only ever be about twelve episodes. There's nothing that's going to reach like the twenty-four unless mm-hmm. it's like a prestige sitcom or something like a thirty-minute number. But right now, the things that are really good are being put out in minisode format or in, in, like miniseries format. Mm-hmm. Um, and Teen Wolf only really had that time slot, but had the sort of Um, challenge of trying to fit a show that has a 24 episode arc into a 12 episode arc and I think that is where we see those major problems yeah I would agree you couldn't fit a CW
1: show on HBO no you certainly could not um I I think my biggest gripe with this season is the casting of gerard and also gerard as like a villain in general
0: i don't really want to comment
1: on that guy's acting um it's not even like commenting on his acting in particular i just like i understand what they were going for yeah i, I just don't think i was just gonna it, say i understand exactly why he was
0: cast i understand why he's doing what he's doing i just think that when you have a show that is sort of built on like sort of it is so crazy to me that this show is like so um, committed to like explaining like gray morality and like having villains that have all of, you know, these deep motivations. He's unmotivated by anything that we would find suitable, like emotion or like trauma. Um, and he also doesn't have anything that would redeem him in any way to the side of good. Peter has both of those. Like even like Jennifer has both of those. The Nogitsune kind of has like a backstory that's based in trauma that would make us understand. Understand, what understand it's a trickster spirit, like whatever. and you mentioned. Um, I just don't. Under, yeah, I think that he and then when he comes back, it sucks. Like you're like, fuck, I thought we got rid of this asshole.
1: Yeah, I think part of the major flaw here is the fact that Kate was such an irredeemably awful person, and he comes ostensibly to avenge her death. Like that's what we're told. And so it's this guy you hate defending a woman you hate with no redeemable qualities. How are you going to get a positive out ex- experience out of that?
0: Yeah, he sucks. Mm. Do you want to move into what you are excited for? I
1: am... We're talking about season three, man. We are pumped. We are pumped. I am... I am Super, super excited, because I remember when I was watching this for the first time, like, I was on board. I cared a lot. Season three really was what um, made me acknowledge how good Teen Wolf is um, and how talented a lot of the people working on it are. Um, There's so many interesting things that get introduced. And actually, something that I wanted to comment on about what I liked about this season – which also impacts kind of how I feel about going forward. I think that having Scott and Allison break up is one of the smartest things that the show ever did. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Perfect. Love it. So good. It allows for them to explore time as friends. It's really unexpected for a teen drama like that. Usually it's like a will-they-or-won't-they situation um, with romance, and you already have that with Styles and Lydia, so it makes perfect sense to have um, Allison and Scott break up And then you have both of their relationships with isaac which i find really interesting in the upcoming seasons and it allows you to introduce more more players like i think that that was such such a smart choice i agree and i
0: also think it allows them both to grow so much more as characters apart Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm looking i'm really looking forward to season three i think it's so smart and it's, like, really aesthetically pleasing. I think that, that also season three is when people stopped looking at Teen Wolf as being like, oh, it's the MTV show, and started looking at it being like, oh, Teen Wolf is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean in the prestige drama way, obviously, but in the way that people could look at it and be like, I understand what people are seeing there. Like, this is producing really good children children's, like, young adult content. Um, and, yeah, I am excited. And I think the most smart things that, that television shows can do is – make characters who have like strained relationships friends again because that's how like the real world works Mm -hmm. and like yes there are messy breakups and stuff uh where you break up someone and you like never see them ever again but so much more often your friend group stays together and it's just you just muddle through yeah and i always thought that was really smart i'm really looking forward to the alpha pack i don't really
1: care very much about the durak She has a victim complex. (laughs) I don't care so much about the Durak, but I do think that uh, I appreciate that Deaton comes into play more heavily. I like that character a lot. And I like that we get to learn a lot more about Beacon Hills as a place. It's kind of, I mean, again, this is where you can make all of the Buffy comparisons because um, Sunnydale is at the Hellmouth and Beacon Hills is a beacon for the supernatural. I love when it is explained
0: why some place is why, the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's boring when they're like it's just a normal town, but also there's vampires, and it's
1: like, come on, why are there <laughs> vampires though? Yeah, like it can't just be because it's under constant cloud cover. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we love Twilight. That's not. <laughs> I know. I love one Twilight
0: the first, <laughs> first none of the others <laughs> yes um yeah i just i'm uh, and there's like i think it's my two if not three favorite episodes all come from season three both season a and b um i think everyone is pumped for us to talk about motel california we've been talking about how excited we are to talk about it for since we started the podcast it that's gonna be a two-hour episode beyond it's so so good and i'm it's so such ex- a
1: standout i'm so excited to talk about riddled riddled is so good I am very excited and I, none of you need us to say this because you all know Dylan O'Brien's acting chops are, he acts circles, circles around everybody. Every, he is the everybody. team <laughs>
0: king. And the fact that he was picked to carry the second half of the third season is like, yes, I'm so happy they saw what they could do with him mm-hmm. and pushed him to those extremes because it's so good. That is another siren. Is
1: so that siren number five? I don't know. You were keeping track. I was at, Three, but I think there was one I forgot to mark down. Actually, there's a there's a cacophony out there, so we're gonna call it five. All call right, a good five.
0: <sighs> oh, this again. This one means business. <sighs> uh, Imagine if we lived in the suburbs while recording this podcast. It'd be so quiet. It'd be so quiet. Um, yeah, I I think I I think that ev- and I think that everybody in the
1: wolf pack is excited for us to talk about season three. Because season three is amazing. Both A and B. Like, I I think that B is far more artistically ambitious. But A is great, too. I think A is the
0: better, like, technical season. But Mm -hmm. B is, like, the better artistic, emotional season. Yes. Um, And we'll have great new characters to talk about. I'm excited to talk about Malia. I'm excited to talk about... um, a Deucalion. I'm excited to talk about... um, hardened Cho why am I losing her name Kira Kira, Kira. yeah Kira. I'm so excited mm-hmm.
1: about Kira I love Kira I'm also excited to talk about Derek as like a real person and not just like a fucking scumbag who's changing teenagers because we've been getting hints about the fact that he's like an interesting damaged sad person um and right now he's just a, a douche so the vote, yeah yeah um
0: what are we gonna miss from season two Jackson. Jackson. (laughs) I'm going to miss Jackson so much. I understand that, like, Colton Haynes didn't want to stay with the show, and that's whatever. You make your own decisions and take care of yourself. Uh, But I I really, I think Jackson adds such a good dynamic of reminding you that it's a teen show. Mm -hmm. Because he is just so ridiculous. But he also is likable and lovable, and, like, it's great to see how much Lydia loves him and... I
1: love Jackson. <laughs> I love Jackson. I've always forgiven Jackson way more than you have. So I like him more this time around. I think, um, I just, I, unfortunately I think the reasons that I don't like him have to do with the writing and not the performance. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss cold beacon Hills.
0: They're about to move into SoCal <laughs> from Georgia, so the yeah. the landscape changes a fair bit. That said, the film quality does get a lot higher, like the production quality gets a lot higher. So we're not
1: complaining. We're just You're talking noticing. about what, what, what we'll miss. I'll miss
0: yeah. them, you know, seeing
1: their breath and it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I know. We were just talking about how this is a really smart thing to do, but I I always loved Scott and Allison's relationship, and um, I loved how the drama was always from like outside forces and it wasn't about them, uh, being wrong for each other or anything like that. So I'm going to miss Scallison. Scallison a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and also in season three, Andy, that's our, our swan song. Farewell to Allison. Allison so. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm going to miss her too. That said the Stydia content in season three. Poop you <laughs> on parallel. That's so good. Um, <laughs> This is okay. You know what I'm gonna miss though. Huh? Beacon Hills pre-mental institution. I know it plays a huge part, but there's so much about what's it's called. Icon House. Icon House is so problematic. It's problematic. It really bothers me. It's some of the more traumatizing aspects of Teen Wolf. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss a Beacon Hills with no Icon House.
0: I wish that Icon House had gone away after season three, because the actual fault of Icon House is coming back in season five. <laughs>
1: Season five. (laughs) Season five. How are
0: we going to talk about season five? Uh, We quit the podcast. A bottle each. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have to do like three episodes every podcast, just try to like
1: barrel through them and just tack it it all hammered. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like drunk history, but for Teen (laughs) teen Wolf.
0: wolf. Is this not drunk history for Teen Wolf though? In general, we are Teen Wolf historians.
1: That is for sure. Yes,
0: I'm a Teen Wolf historian and curator. Um, I think that kind of wraps up our season. Do you have an alpha of our season?
1: I'm trying to remember who I said my alpha of the first season was. And I think I said it was Scott. I think we both said it was Scott. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I'm not going back to listen. But you can (laughs) say
1: it's Scott again. He's the star of the show. (laughs) He is the star. He is the star of the show. Um, I actually, I think that it is Chris. Um, Oh. Just in terms of uh, growth. You know what that is? Growth, Growth. Um, I think, just in terms of growth and becoming a better human being, which is something we should all be focused on right now, Mm -hmm. uh, is remarkable and commendable. And I think he continues; he holds up that mantle throughout the third season of like being an MVP on Team Werewolf. I and I think, like you said, when we were talking about Alpha of the Week. I like think it takes tremendous strength to decide that you're going to disavow what your entire family works and stands for.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Which is what I think a lot of people are doing these days.
1: Shout out to all of you.
0: Who have disowned or been disowned by your family because they're racist. We're your family
1: now. We're your family. I'm your mom. <laughs>
0: Julia's your other mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. I was going to be like, uh, yeah, I, I would be the dad, but no. Just your other mom. You do kill the bugs in the apartment. I do i do but i open the jars
0: so who's (laughs) the real dad come on
1: yeah if you have roommates um teen wolf listeners let us know which one of you kills the bugs and which one of you opens the jars very important scientific
0: research yes especially if your roommate is the same gender as you yes um who's your alpha of the season my alpha of the season oh my god this is hard Mm -hmm. the heart wants me to say isaac he didn't do anything. I
1: just love him. <laughs> you just love he him.
0: He contributes very little. He's just handsome and tall. Um, and sweet. Um, Those are positive qualities. You're right. That's everything I look for in a man. Um, oh my gosh, I don't know. I feel like... I'm going to give it to Scott. Mm. That's the other option. I don't even... I like. I can already say like I have thoughts that it might not be Scott next season or whatever. Like i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be scott this season i think his his sort of power move at the end of this episode really just seals the deal because he's the true alpha
1: baby yeah boy yeah boy well we love scott mccall obviously or, or we would not be here so i think if i had like a second ranked alpha of the season scott would scott would definitely be up there Not to discount all the work that Styles did to keeping everybody from being killed, but he also made some of the dumbest choices this entire season. Styles and Scott, Styles, Styles. Yeah, I do love how this
0: episode ends. I love it. He's like, "Well, you had me before. That's Mm -hmm. all you need. You just need your friend." Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up season two of the (laughs) Teen Wolf Free Wolf. Is that crazy? It is bonkers. I'm so excited to talk about season three. We're not even really going to take a break, but we do have a very special bonus episode planned for next week or this coming week. It's going to come out in the interim and it's a bonus episode that you are either excited for or excited to have us stop talking about. Uh, And that's all I'll say about (laughs) it. But I'm very pumped for the next bonus episode. If you enjoyed this episode of the Teen Wolf ReWolf, I hope that you guys follow us on Twitter at Wolf underscore ReWolf. It's also our Instagram handle. And from there, you can follow our personal Twitters and Instagrams. So you can keep up to date with our Teen Wolf ReWolf news. We're also on Tumblr at Teen Wolf ReWolf. If you've enjoyed our podcast, uh, we really hope that you leave us a review on iTunes. It's how we're going to find other members of our wolf pack. It's basically like howling. Um, nice. Thanks. Uh, we're gonna leave more donation links to other Black Lives Matter and um, racial justice charities in the description of this episode and also on Twitter and we hope that you donate if you have the funds and if not we hope you share them um, because odds are somebody on your timeline has the funds Uh, and other than that I have been Christian that has been Julia and we hope you guys have a wolf of a
1: week awoo awoo